Hi and welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast series Sunny Side Up. I'm Paroma. I'll be your host for the day. Hi Nina, welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast Sunny Side Up. We're so happy to have you here today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. You know, it would be great if you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your past work experiences. It's it's pretty exciting for people to hear about your journey because I think you've uh, come from a very different space and then you're leading marketing at Acton Software right now. So uh, let's get to you and uh, what you do now at Acton and what you've done before. Absolutely. Yeah. So my name is Nina Church Adams and I'm the SVP of marketing here at Acton Software. So we are um, a, le- a leading adaptive marketing platform in the MarTech um, space. And I've been at Acton just over a year and so excited. This is the first time in my career that I've been marketing to marketers. So I have a background in, in tech, but before Acton, I had actually been in fintech, financial technology, and spent a lot of my career marketing to many different audiences, most recently banks and credit unions and different things. But it's been so fun really being in the MarTech space and really marketing to marketers. As you mentioned, my path actually has been a little bit unconventional. I feel like on paper, it doesn't really make sense to anyone but me. But I've really gone back and forth in my career between the nonprofit and private sector. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, early on, whether, you know, on the nonprofit side, whether that was early in my career, working with a nonprofit, helping them to open their first office in China, that was a legal aid nonprofit. More recently, in the middle of my career, working at the Nike Foundation for their Girl Effect initiative and being there for five years, working for a Gates Foundation and World Bank funded initiative. And, you know, for me, it's all made sense. You know, in between, I've had marketing. You know, I've grown up as a marketer at American Express, and then again more recently at fintech at companies DNH and Finastra. And so it kind of doesn't make sense, <laughs> but uh, on uh-huh. paper. But again, to me, I've always been continuing to grow and learn as a leader, but also as a marketer. But my background academically is a sociologist, and I think I never really understood why. But for me, it's so clear now in hindsight that really, for me, it's always about the study of people and organizations and cultures and how to communicate and translate across all of those things. And so marketing is really a natural fit for that. Great. And it sounds like an awesome journey so far. So tell us, what's a typical day at work like for you at Acton Software? As with many people, I think every day is different, but it's, you know, it's funny. I color code my calendar based on kind of a few key meeting types or audiences. And I, when I look at my calendar, it's, it's spread pretty evenly across meetings with my marketing team, the Acton executive team, certainly a lot of meetings with our sales team about pipeline and other things happening, you know, certain meetings with my other cross-functional partners across customer success or product technology, and then other meetings like this one with yourself, either with external partners or analysts or definitely Acton mm-hmm. customers. So I think it's spread pretty evenly. Like many places, it's a little bit meeting heavy, but from mm-hmm. a marketing standpoint, my team is really trying to embrace agile marketing. And so we're really always experimenting with, you know, replacing 30 or even 60 minute meetings with, you know, 15 minute standups or thinking about how to make meetings as effective as possible in terms of, you know, goals, agendas, attendees, things like that. So I think we're always, I think all of us as professionals trying to do a fair bit of meeting hacking, right? To maximize the efficiencies of our day. Absolutely. So obviously maintaining a consistent pipeline generation tactic is key here. It's a key challenge. It's also a key part of the entire KRA. So what would be your top hacks and strategies for especially smaller to mid-sized companies to increase pipeline generation and ensure more successful outcomes? Absolutely. This is such a key question for all the customers that I talk to and certainly for us here at Acton. I think that for me, 
you know, this all starts and ends, of course, with the data, right? Leaning into and fully leveraging your data and frankly, making sure that you're looking at the right data and that it's accurate. I think so often people kind of jump ahead to the measurement or trying to kind of optimize programming when really we have to make sure, you know, so much of it is about really establishing. And again, this is really a sales marketing alignment with your marketing Mm -hmm. ops and sales ops functions or individuals on your team taking those roles. Are we aligned on lead definitions, right? What's on the funnel stages? Are we, do we all agree what those are? Do we have a clear process and alignment around lead scoring, lead routing, and even just in terms of data of record, you know, are you tying everything back to Salesforce campaigns or whatever your CRM is, right? You know, just making sure that you really have, are clear on those inputs and those data sets. That's really the foundation of clear and accurate funnel stage reporting, where you can really be looking at, mm-hmm. you know, the volume and the conversion of leads, you know, and again, the names different, differ everywhere, but, you know, from lead to MQL to SQL to opportunity to close one or lost, all of that is really supported by, again, that infrastructure and that foundation of the right data, accurate data, and then aligned definitions, I think, across, most importantly, I think, marketing sales and, of course, you know, finance as well. So let's dip into the subject of data analytics a little bit more. What kind of data sets are you seeing being used more in this space and what do you generally rely on most? So for us at Acton, I mean, I think the key data sets are the data that we get from the Acton platform itself. And then that's really everything from a market, from the marketing side of the equation. So all the activities, the behaviors, the engagements with all of our different marketing campaigns and touch points, and then flowing that data over to our CRM for the back half of the funnel and seeing how that converts um, again um, into closed one deals uh, at the end of the pipeline. And so for us, I mean, those are the two key data sets, you know, that's from kind of an executive standpoint, what is the business interested in relative to revenue generation, pipeline creation, those key kind of executive dashboard metrics. Of course, on top of that, for my team, from a marketing standpoint, there's many other data sets that we look at. As an example, Google Analytics or other data sets that are helping us inform just the performance of our campaigns, right? Our website traffic, our content performance, time on site, you know, engagement with different content pieces, all, you know, all these different things. And that helps us optimize our campaigns themselves. And then looking at mm-hmm. those act on and the CRM data set to really help us inform the pipeline creation and performance and then conversion and bookings. So I think you can do a lot with your marketing automation platform and your CRM if you have things set up the right way, augmented again with a couple Mm -hmm. of other data sets to measure the performance of your marketing campaigns and activities. Absolutely. So what are the lags that you see in this marketplace in B2B marketing and sales? And what would you tell teams to optimize more on to improve their strategies? Well, I think I would say two things, and I'll speak specifically coming from my space, from Acton and from adaptive marketing and marketing automation, because I think so often marketers think of their marketing automation platform and tool, they really think of it first for lead gen and demand gen. And of course, it is a critical technology and tool to help you drive demand generation and lead generation for your business. But I think what people sometimes miss out is thinking about beyond lead gen, how you can leverage marketing automation for sales marketing alignment and how is your sales team engaged with your marketing automation platform and using that platform for, you know, our sales team uses Acton for website prospecting, seeing who's visiting our website. They use it for their ABM cadences. They're engaged and we're all in the platform and using it, you know, for both of us. And I think that oftentimes people don't think about marketing automation for the sales use case. And similarly, I see the same thing a lot with customer loyalty. You know, so many of our customers are building out great nurture campaigns and automated programs and for their prospects, right, to get 
their prospects engaged, Mm -hmm. but you can use that same technology and all of those tactics and strategies for engaging your customers. And that's so critically important in B2B marketing and sales. And so thinking about how are you using your marketing automation tool for customer onboarding, for customer engagement, for ultimately helping your customers understand the breadth of what your platform offers and seeing if there's more they could be doing with it. And so those are two areas where I think there's a big opportunity for marketing and sales. Absolutely. So uh, for technology marketers, especially, and in in the B2B marketplace, there's been awful lot of talk on the role of sales receding. What are your thoughts on this? Where do you see the future of B2B marketing and sales headed? I think a lot of this goes back to some of the account-based marketing I just talked about and account management. I think even with subscription models and SaaS and everything becoming more prevalent, you know, the digital marketing landscape continues to shift and evolve so quickly that it's really our job Mm -hmm as marketers and sales people in this space to stay really close with our customers and ensure that we're partnering with them for long-term success. So I think in the same way that people worry about, you know, will their jobs be replaced by artificial intelligence, things like that, I think, you know, the same themes follow here, which is that the role of the marketer and especially the salesperson continues to be really important. I think you also overlay that or lay on overlay on top of that, the high turnover of marketing leaders and senior marketing roles. You know, you have companies where their marketing teams are shifting, the company's business goals and strategies are shifting. And so I think that that really drives the need for continued continued messaging from marketing, but also continued mm-hmm. engagement from sales to make sure that the companies and leaders are really understanding and getting the most value from the technology investments kind of across the board. Absolutely. So all of these efforts and of course, ensuring a high customer experience, all of this goes hand in hand. So what should marketers in the space be doing more of to ensure this is optimized all the time throughout the buying process, throughout uh, all their quarterly goals? What should they be doing? Well, I think this is critical. And I think we all talk about in this space, right? The growing needs and expectations of our buyers around the customer experience and how it's really our job to support that. And I think a lot of this really does go back to something I just mentioned really around personalization and kind of the evolution of our industry and digital marketing in general, right? Around how we're leveraging our data and machine learning to drive a truly personalized customer journey and experience. And so for us at ActOn, that's everything about what our adaptive journeys approach is. It's around mm-hmm. how are we leveraging all... We, we call them our, the digital breadcrumbs, right? We are engaging with mm-hmm. our prospects and customers all the time, and they're leaving us all of these digital breadcrumbs about what content is resonating with them. What times do they like to engage with content? What's important to them? What are their key needs and preferences, right? And so for us, it's an opportunity that we have now with the innovations in technology and what we're leveraging you know, as an example at ActOn to, to leverage that data to talk to our customers at the right time with the right message and the right channel. And that kind of really supports that broader omni-channel marketing approach, right? So for us, with our Mm -hmm. adaptive send feature, that's not just emailing you at the same time as everybody else, but looking at the data in my system and saying that you usually like to open your emails Tuesday mornings, right? (laughs) And and Mm -hmm. knowing that that's the time that that's... And so how do we do that? You know, for us with adaptive... We're going to have with um, an adaptive web and we'll be sharing more on this in the coming months or so, but thinking about how we make that website personalization easy for our customers. And you know, there's so many examples, I think, across the marketing landscape and the customer journey of ways that we as marketers can continue to do a better job to leverage the data we have to really personalize the customer experience and customer journey. Absolutely. So I have a big question here. Account-based marketing is obviously second nature to B2B marketers. Are you using this as a core strategy at ActOn? And what What trends do you see 
other teams rely on to ensure better ROI from these campaigns. We all know marketing and sales alignment is key. Hyper-personalization is obviously a core criteria here. But what else do you see teams uh, rely on more? So in addition to ABM or within ABM? Within ABM or even in addition? Yes, I mean, I think I'll I'll start with ABM because there's a lot to talk about there. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. for, again, this kind of goes back a little bit to that sales marketing piece, marketing alignment piece I mentioned earlier, just in mm-hmm. terms of a, a case study or a use case, you know, our sales team uses Acton for their account-based marketing cadences. You know, they're able to leverage for, you know, a couple different things. So within Acton, we have account-level scoring. So they can look at how engaged are, is an entire account with Acton and, and then specific context within that account. You know, they can drill down at both levels. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually have, even as part of this, and it's not part of Acton software, but flows into our Salesforce instance, you know, we actually uh, use a, a partner ask nicely to do our NPS, our net promoter score data. And so for our account managers, they can also look at that NPS score at the contact or account level, right? I think all of this is about leveraging these technologies and these data points to look at and engage with an entire account, right? You know, you have all of that mm-hmm. obviously also built into your program relative to how are we mark- as marketing and sales engaging different personas. It's the whole idea of the buying committee, right? So for us, it's really leveraging the data that we have from Acton and from our CRM to understand either from a prospect or customer standpoint, the engagement of an account, the health of an account, the different contacts and buying centers at that account, and then messaging appropriately to those different personas, right? So are obviously taught when we're talking to a marketing buyer, it's going to be different from a sales buyer and an IT buyer. But we know today in B2B marketing that the sales and IT buyers are really important voices in that conversation, in addition, of course, to our users and our day-to-day champions. So I think that there's a lot, continues to be a lot of opportunity in this space. And, and for me, again, a key part of that is that sales marketing alignment to ensure that what we're putting out from a marketing standpoint relative to messaging and targeting and segmentation and all those things aligns with and amplifies and accelerates what sales is trying to do with their ABM efforts. Absolutely. So I think it would be great if you can tell the audience about some of the most successful campaigns you've run at Acton and even before that. Sure. Yeah. There's. Um, it's been a, such a great year that there's a. I, I'll try to share a couple of examples just to kind of bring it to life. But I mean, I think that one thing that's been really um, that I've been, and I think that I'll kind of start with the headline. I think as I think about the different campaigns, is I think that all of them, the, the common thread, is meeting our customers where they are with the information or the mm-hmm. solutions that they need. And so my first example of that would be what we're doing at Acton to really target and penetrate and support key verticals and industries. So I think about so much of the traction that we've had based on trying to engage with the financial services industry or manufacturing, in addition to tech and other other industries that we focus on. But that vertical approach is so important because every business is different, every industry is different and their needs relative to be to marketing technology and and marketing automation are different. And so when we're going in and talking to our financial services customers, we're talking about our to our banks and credit unions and about how are they leveraging marketing automation to drive you know, cross-sell, right? Between and it's to drive more loan volume and application volume, and how are we? How are they getting their mortgage 
customers to become car loan customers, right? There's all these different use cases and we need to be able to speak their language and meet them where they are, right? For credit unions, it's talking to their members versus their customers, right? There's all, it's about kind of their language and also going where they are also means that our digital strategies and our messaging and all of our information about what, act, you know, what they might need is also relative to us and meeting them in the field, right? So going to the right conferences. My One of my team members this, this week is at the retail banking conference in Texas because we want to go to the right watering holes to meet those people. So I think you kind of get what I'm saying about the vertical approach. I think it's not new news, but I think doing it well involves a really aligned effort across marketing and sales where you're going to your customers, speaking their language, uniquely understanding their needs. And then that can really start a great, get a lot of great, great traction from that. I think the second example I would just give is um, really shifting the conversation from not only the technology itself, but really partnering with our customers around strategy. Yesterday, we kind of formally launched, but we've been building toward kind of a new solution to act on called Act on Accelerate, which is basically the notion that technology alone is not enough. And for our marketers to be successful, what they really need is technology plus the foundation services and the consultation and, and the strategy and the support to help them be kind of successful holistically. And what I mean by that is that too often, I think we see customers buying a technology and thinking that they're just going to flip a switch and then they're going to, it's going to answer all their marketing, you know, uh, problems and questions and all their dreams will come true. Right. And we just know that's not the case. And so too often we see, I think, marketing technology either underutilized or in some cases, I think becoming just shelfware, right. Where it's there, you don't really know what it does. And so for us, a kind of a, it's more than a campaign. It's actually an an approach and it's a, a solution that we offer around really partnering with our customers on, you know, what are your business goals and objectives? What is your strategy strategy? Co-designing that strategy with them in certain, you know, key marketing focus areas. And then Act On is just is then becomes the tool that they use to to leverage and execute, you know, those those strategies. But we really are looking to be true partners um, with our customers in that. And again, I think that that's 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 a response to what we've heard our customers need and want. And when I hear when I'm not talking to other customers or future customers, it's as marketer to marketer, it's so often about us being thought partners around what their business goals are and helping to brainstorm those solutions together. So those are just two areas that I've been really excited about that act on. Sounds amazing. So as a marketer, what are some of the top must-haves for you in a campaign, in a typical campaign? Oh, <laughs> there's so many, there's so many pieces, as we all know, to kind of a well-orchestrated marketing campaign. But I mean, I think that a lot of, and I think I sound like a little bit of a broken record probably here, but I think a lot of it is around that right audience with the right message at the right time in the right place, right? I think it's that really leveraging that targeting and that segmentation, you know, supported by the data that we do have about people and their interests and needs to just send highly personalized, targeted messaging. And, I, and then I think that, you know, that you do that then across all of your channels. It's that, that multi-channel approach, right? Where instead of kind of just doing this ad hoc messaging or just doing these big batch and blast or just thinking about these kind of big broad scale campaigns, how are you thinking about really kind of a 360 degree approach? I mean, I think one example I could give, you know, it's a lot of it all starts with, right? Your kind of content strategy is a backbone of kind of what your messages are and your personas and all of those pieces. Some of the content you'll see recently coming from Act On is around deliverability. You know, even with all the evolution of marketing and everything else, we, we all know how critical email continues to be in the conversation. And there's so many marketers who just don't 
have the tools or understanding around the importance of deliverability in that email conversation. And so a big part of our kind of offering is actually our deliver our in-house deliverability team who's helping customers understand how to get that inbox placement and how you know the right balance of sending to engage or unengaged contacts, all those one-on-ones are on deliverability. So for us, for a marketing campaign, that involves really understanding what our customers need to know about this topic, you know, developing value-added content around that. And then again, that multi-channel approach is that we, you know, we had a webinar on this topic last week with one of our marketers and our head of deliverability. We just launched a, we've been launching, I think a, a 10 or eight or 10 part e-book, deliverability ebook series, right? Where we're trying to kind of do a drumbeat of content around that. We're sharing, talking to our customers and prospects about that in many different forums and channels. I think for me, it's all about the content plan. It's the right personas with the right message. And then, you know, putting that out in a thoughtful way across multiple channels. So easy say, hard do, I guess, right? <laughs> right. But okay, so obviously, in this space, uh, we cannot function without MarTech. Marketing technology is uh, the number one need of the R today. What kind of MarTech or sales tech products would you see gain more attention in 2019 for marketing and sales teams? Kind of sensing some common themes here, but I think it does really start with maybe kind of re-engineering less about the MarTech and sales products themselves, but more about fully kind of maximizing and leveraging the tools and platforms you already have. We're just doing that audit. I think it's really easy in marketing or sales to kind of be excited by that next shiny object, the next new thing, you know, to solve problems or to try to get pipeline or whatever, but by buying more, right? More technology, more tools, more things. And so I think the most important thing is that there's no one size fits all MarTech stack, right? I think your MarTech stack and sales products really needs to be dependent on what you and your business are trying to achieve at this moment in time, right? And what the priorities are for you. And I can speak to to act on as an example. I mean, I think that well, I can speak also just to our customers. I think this goes back to the strategy piece. I think really getting crystal clear on what you're trying to achieve and then probably even doing some editing of your MarTech stack, maybe or even if it's not editing, an assessment of are you truly getting the value you need from the tools that you have You know, for Act On. There's definitely things in the MarTech space that I'm really excited about in terms mm-hmm. of, of the technologies that we're you know, customers of. For us, when we think about our marketing at Act On, in addition to our to Salesforce and act on, I think about the technologies that we use, you know, I've been really excited about what Drift is doing with conversational marketing. And that's been something that's really accelerated, you know, again, creating options, right? You know, giving customers the option of either submitting that form or having that conversation with our team on the site right now. And frankly, having that conversation continue when we're offline, right? And really to help to provide value to our customers through conversational marketing. I think that's really exciting. You know, for us relative to account-based marketing, we've been really excited, you know, to work with uh, Sendoso on direct mail. I think I've been doing done a couple of LinkedIn posts about, I think how direct mail is making a comeback, you know, with this digital age and all the, all the marketing Mm -hmm. noise, you know, we really value from both prospect and customer standpoint that part of that ABM cadence is to break through with direct mail. I am the act on customer. I'm the buyer, right. In, in terms of we're targeting marketing leaders and I know for myself when I'm being prospected, direct mail breaks through, right. So Another example might be video. Video is certainly another thing that a lot of marketers are using to break through the noise, right? So those are just three examples. There's obviously many more, but you know that's three examples of conversational marketing with Drift or uh, direct mail with Sendoso or for us video with Vidyard. Those are some technologies that I'm leveraging on my team, you know, relevant to what our team is trying to accomplish that I've seen be really successful. Absolutely. I think you shared some pretty interesting insights for the audience here today. Are there any other key takeaways or a few words of advice you'd like to share, especially to the younger lot joining the space? 
joining the MarTech space or the B2B marketing space? Well, I think it's a really exciting time to be joining the B2B MarTech space and marketing and sales space. I mean, I think that I was joking about the kind of comeback of direct mail. I think that this isn't a comeback, but I think that all roads lead back to the customer. And it might seem kind of trite or like that's kind of, you know, uh, we've all been saying that forever, but we've all been saying that forever because it hasn't ever changed, right? And all that's changing is the customer and the customer needs and the landscape. And so it's just for anyone starting out, you know, you read it in all the business books, you hear it from all your bosses and from all your companies, hopefully. But I think that we just have to continue to be maniacally focused on the customer. And in the end, that will lead us to the right strategies, campaigns, solutions, messaging. And what's really exciting right now is, is that we do have all of this data, but that also gives us a responsibility as marketers to leverage that data to really create a meaningful and value-added conversation with our customers. So I guess that would be my advice is just listen to our customers. And I think what's exciting for the next generation is that as these channels and tools and campaigns and customer needs are changing, this next generation is really important to help us all understand for that next generation of buyers and everything else, what those new needs might be, right? So I think you have a lot of answers, I think, coming in earlier in your career to share some key trends, right? What are the new channels? What are the new needs or things that are important to the the next generation of buyers? So. Absolutely. Great. Nina, we had an amazing time having you here and being part of this podcast. And we hope to have you back soon. Maybe we'll have a debate on an interesting topic about ABM or maybe marketing and sales alignment next time. So I hope you have an awesome day and we'll see you soon. Thanks so much. Bye.